This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Games that might interest you this weekend. You got, you got one really good SEC game with LSU opening up at Florida State. That's Sunday night. That's the, That feels like that's pretty much appointment viewing with uh, a team that could be favored in the uh, ACC, in the Seminoles, and then LSU. I don't know if I'd say that they're favored to win the SEC West, but they're certainly one of um, a couple of teams that's getting a lot of votes. You see, Jalen Daniels is uh, the latest to go in, Matt, on the nobody believes on this route. He gave his everyone on his team he got a watch with uh, an inscription. I don't think it was an inscription on the watch, but uh, a note that uh, basically talked about nobody believes in us right now, which is kind of uh, an asinine thing to say. You know, you get uh, players off Alabama saying everybody's doubting us when they're ranked fourth in the country. I guess it's all a matter of perspective. And whatever kind of quote-unquote respect you expect to get. So, hey, it worked for Georgia last year. Kirby Smart convinced that entire program that nobody think they could win what more than, did he say five games it was? Six games? Well, uh, LSU and Alabama are now on the list, too, of... uh, Blue Blood programs that everybody is apparently disrespecting. LSU's defense is going to be fun to watch this year, uh, just as a college football fan. Uh, Perkins, who probably is the best defensive player in the country, if not one of the best. He still has another year of eligibility there. Um, yeah, Florida State, they they play... Phil, they're they're only going to be they're going to be favored in probably every game, except for this one and maybe at Clemson. This is a big game from Florida State. They win this game, they 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 take care of business. They're they're in the this is this is kind of it. They're they're in the final four. What's the rest of that schedule like for Florida State? Florida State opens with uh, LSU September 3rd. Then it's Southern Miss at Boston College at Clemson. So there, there's one game at Clemson. Then it's Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke at Wake, at Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, then at Florida. And another game we haven't, we haven't talked about yet, but Florida-Utah. That could be very telling on this Florida team, which I don't know if this Florida team is going to win six games. They, they got a tough schedule this year. But it's a rivalry game, so it's you've for kind Florida of, State. There's a cup. There's a couple of there's a couple of, of teams there that could trip them up. But you're right. I mean, the team that wins this LSU Florida they're State set up. They're in the driver's seat. Is on the path. Yeah, definitely on the path. Although theoretically, it's like let's say LSU loses to Florida State and then runs the table somehow. I'm just throwing that out there. It, you run the table in the SEC, you're going to be into the national championship contract. Heck, you might as well put yourself in the playoff if you're on the table. You go eight and zero in the SEC, man. Even if you even if you found a way to lose to your FCS opponent, do you remember? La- in. You remember last year when uh, Georgia and, and Oregon played that first game of the year, and Georgia just just boat raced Oregon, and then Oregon they could win all their games, and it really didn't matter because everybody saw that. That's that's the only thing that Florida State doesn't need to happen. Last year they won a close game. They don't need to go out there and get beat by thirty seven. Yeah, but it's going to be a that's appointment watching. There's no doubt about that. Who else is opening up with a halfway decent game? South Carolina, North Carolina. That's a night game, ABC Saturday. That that feels like that could be a pretty good game too. 
though Arkansas doesn't play either of those teams. I mean, I'm kind of interested in at least trying to uh, scout a little bit, though I did skip out on Florida International this last weekend. I'm not sure if I'm too interested in watching them because the time Ar- by the time Arkansas plays them, uh, not sure if much that happened the first week uh, will matter all that much. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That Tennessee-Virginia game might be a little interesting. Mm-hmm. you got Joe Milton there. Uh, and and you had the Virginia coach apparently uh, in an article claimed that he turned down the Tennessee coaching job when they, when they offered it to Heupel. The the thing that that's that's interesting. The thing with Virginia is they they got to get some more speed. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see who they they get. But then also Phil, I mean the very first game on on Saturday, Colorado at TCU. I mean that's I think everybody's going to probably have well, that game yeah. on. Yeah, I want to get a look at Colorado. Are they going to look the part? You know, they looked really small last year. You know, are they going to look bigger, stronger, faster? Got a couple of former Razorbacks that are going to make their debuts there too. Uh, Jordan Dominic, Miles Slusher. Miles Slusher's at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I bet he's starting. I, I would think if he's healthy, I bet he's he's starting. He's he's a, he's a solid player. Man, I mean to go back and you know to what we first opened with on the idea that the transfer portal is the story. Of, of it's college, it, right? Of th- at least this season. Just because this is the year where things have gotten re- uh, I don't want to say crazy or out of hand. It's just there's an incredible volume of change uh, for veteran players this year that we've never seen before. So, yeah. That, I mean, you have just this, this crazy change in, in college football, which is leading the change all across college sports. And a lot of it is, you know, what's going to happen in the future, where in this case, the near future is after this football season, which which I've been referring to as year one AD, college football 2024, 12-team playoff, you know, leagues growing, one league probably dead in the pack four, whatever you're going to call it now. But in the context of this season, 2023, four-team playoff, Still a power five. Uh, it's the the transfer portal is the story. I'm uh, I'm excited too to see how Dow does at South Carolina. They they open they host North Carolina, who the number one is he the number two quarterback I guess in the in the country it was Caleb Williams one, but it's kind of one and two those two guys. So and you got to thank Beamer that he's going to have a solid defense. Try to make a special teams play. Want to see Spencer Rattler? He's he's a guy that transferred a, a year ago from Oklahoma. I'm interested to he see came just on how late. featured uh, Trey Knox is in this offense. Uh, Trey Knox probably have a touchdown. You know, like he'll probably he'll. Probably Probably have something in the red zone designed up for him. Want to see Penn State, West Virginia at Penn State. The Nittany Lions, I think, is a is a team there. Jimmy Franklin could have him have him rocking and rolling this year. I wonder, you know, one of the plays from last year that stands out, of course, was Trey Knox getting a direct snap at the goal line against Missouri. He's replacing a tight end in Jaheim Bell. Uh, I think Bell transferred to Florida State. Okay. Bell got some runs every once in a while. Like he was a tight end who occasionally ran the ball. I highly doubt Dowell Loggins is going to have any handoffs or direct snaps to Trey Knox. Trey Knox is a is a is a matchup. He's a he's a good matchup. He can play in the slot a little bit. He's a bigger body. Uh, you, you put a nickel guy on him, he can block him. You can't you can't cover him really with a safety or a linebacker. So he he I'm, he'll he'll have some big years and I. You, you know, you say you want to see A and M, but they're playing New Mexico. You know, there's some other teams. You really Texas is hosting Rice. I, what are you going to really learn from it? Uh, but yeah, the, this Saturday, man, the, the TV will be glued to some college football.
all. You watch Texas and Rice, and then you just you just basically get to sit and sink in the hype of uh, of the Longhorns for the entire for the entire broadcast. I think that's pretty much the direction that it all. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code Program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code Program. Goes. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk with Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation here on Halftime. Mike, good afternoon. How are you on game week? Doing good. Just working in the studio today. 12. We've already had breaking news today, and it had nothing to do with the death chart. 12 noon kickoff (laughs) on Saturday. I mean, and I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, well, I mean, if you're really worried about the heat, you're going to move the game tonight. But then Sam Pittman has already said, we don't want our kids getting back at 2, 3 in the morning. So they've moved the game to 12 noon. Your thoughts? Yeah, I guess what he's, he didn't say this, but I'm assuming he's thinking, okay, we might have this game well in hand by halftime and I can start substituting by the time it gets really hot just have these guys work for half if it works out that way it may not he also made a statement about being better for the fans on tailgating you know they're they're out there earlier they tailgate before it gets hot so I you know that's not a decision I have to make it sounds sounds good to me I don't know I don't know what else you would do except move it tonight I mean that's probably what I would have done but Mike, any surprises? Have you seen the two deep yet? Any surprises in the in that two deep? Not really. I was really asking myself about Satinian whether he would be in the in the starting three rotation at wide receiver. It wasn't clear that he was. I think most of us felt like that Armstrong and, and Tesla would be the two, and then who would that third uh, receiver be? So he's got experience. They're expecting a lot out of him this year, so that that makes sense. Who Paul is listed as an or at, at uh, middle linebacker, and I think that's due to the fact that he's been out. And he's got this mild sprain or, or knee sprain. It's not serious, but I, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't play. If he anytime you're messing around with the knee, even if it's a sprain, if you don't feel like you have to have a guy, you'd rather him being completely healthy before you put him out there and put pressure on that tendon again. So those are the only two things I'm looking at. You've got three starters in the secondary that are all new. They're all transfers. A couple of Baylor transfers. So um, that'll be interesting to see. Three of the five are, are newcomers. 
So other than that, I mean, it, it looks pretty normal to me. Nine of 21 players on the defense are, are, are out of the transfer portal, uh, Mike. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you knew that you knew you'd see a lot of them just because of the flat numbers uh, on the defense that came in. But this is this is the story of the college football season. You know, aside from who wins and loses and all of that, it's the effect of the transfer portal on these teams. And, and some of the numbers that you see around here, I mean, what are we going to see? Like 15 transfers that are going to get a lot of playing time for this team and that's even on the low side for some other programs this year yeah and and it reflects the new coaching staff on the defensive side the new coordinator and the co-coordinator and what what their plans are you know they clearly they're putting their stamp on the on this bunch early and what they're they're really saying is this is going to be different so we're going to put new players out here players that weren't a part of what went on last year because Especially in the secondary. I mean, they had one of the worst secondaries statistically in the country. So, you know, they're kind of starting fresh with a new idea. We'll see how it goes. He, he did give a little bit of a scouting report on Western Carolina, and I thought it was interesting that they set a school record last year in passing, uh, averaged uh, over 300 yards passing a game, but that quarterback is gone and their top receiver is gone. The new quarterback, I presume he'll be the quarterback, is a transfer from Harvard. And they had their second scrimmage last week. He was 16 of 27 for 239 yards and two touchdowns. But their head coach says the big difference in that scrimmage was the defense. The defense won the day. And he said that's what we will hang our hats on this year. If you go back and look at last year, they were 6-5. and five. They got beat 49-6 to six by Mercer. Uh, I think Georgia Tech was the only Power 5 team they played. They lost that game 35-17. So what I think is interesting about this is you've got a team coming in here touting an improved defense going up against a team that's going to have a new offense under a new offensive coordinator. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Mike, I do want to ask you an NFL question. I, I saw that the Cowboys, I, I'm, and the Cow- Cowboys are pretty popular around here, these parts, but what, do you, what are your thoughts on them with the trading uh, when you got Dak there, trading for a guy like Trey Lance? Well, we'll see how it works out. I, you know, I'm not a big Jerry Jones fan. I mean, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, but I've been saying for years, sell the team, Jerry, sell the team. You don't know what you're doing. He, he's great at raising money, and you know it's the most valuable franchise in the NFL. He's got a great facility and all that. It just seems like they make, every time they do these trades, they just don't work out. Hopefully this will, but, you know, if you look at Dallas' history, I mean, they'll get in the playoffs, but then what happens, you know? It's just, uh, those of us that grew up watching the Cowboys, this is not what we expect, you know. I mean, I go back to the days of Bullet Bob Hayes, and you know, uh, that's how far back. I mean, 1962-3, right in there. And I was used to a certain level of success, and you had it those first couple of years under Jimmy Johnson, and then it's just vanished. I mean, this is not the Dallas Cowboys to me. I, I do like the Cowboys' defense. I, I, I think they're they're a Super Bowl winning defense. I don't know if Dak's the guy, but I, I'm with you. I'm I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. I think that this trade just sort of brought some drama to it. At team. least they're talking about the Cowboys, just, right? Because That's, this, it, yeah. all it is, well, they're talking about it now. But what happens when Dak has his first bad? Had his worst you know year this, last year. You know what this is like. Was hurt. Yeah. 
it's just it's hilarious too, though, Mike, because Cowboys haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round since Troy Aikman, and yet now they're getting. I don't. I don't even know what they gave the Niners for him, but I just can't even fathom that Trey Lance was picked as early as he was picked and that the Niners wasted all that they did to, to get him, and yet they're still potentially the class of the NFC. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's very odd. Um, I'm not a big Dak fan, too, either, though. I mean, you know, I mean, some people say, well, you're mad at him because he beat Arkansas. <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with it, you know. I just, to me, they played this guy I, just an insane amount of money. I mean, you think it was this was Tom Brady we're talking about here? So, are you going to get those kind of results from him? Uh, I don't see it. I'd like to see him gone. I would just bye bye, go away, Jerry, go away. Let let your son run the team. You need to retire. You know, come back here to Arkansas and help raise money. You know, go to Razorback games. Stay away from the Cowboys. You see, the uh, college football playoff committee is going to meet Wednesday. Uh, you think they're going to have to change how you get into the playoff for next year because there isn't going to be a power five. You're not going to have ten conferences. Right. You're going to have nine and Notre Dame as the tenth conference essentially. So I just I imagine that things will change a little bit. But it's it's interesting when you look uh, at the makeup of the conferences and the teams that are in the uh, that are amongst the you know what will essentially be the power four more than half of them are SEC or Big Ten schools once you get to next year you know do you think that you ought to have automatic qualifiers you win the Big Ten championship game you win the SEC championship game you get in or I think I just have a feeling that any team that makes it to those championship games will be in the top 12 anyway. Uh, you know, the, the, right. the growth of these leagues, you know, you're not going to have divisions, but the two teams that are there finished first and second. So they're already, they're already going to be teams that are going to make the top 12. Sure. Well, generally speaking, I'm against anything that involves voting. You know, I'd love to see some sort of a system like it is in high school. You don't get voted to be in the championship game. You have a playoff system, and, it, you know, you get in by finishing first or second or third in your conference or whatever. You can't, from a practical standpoint, do that with college football right now. But I agree with you. I mean, most of the time, whoever would end up getting voted into there is going to be there anyway. I just love the fact that they're expanding it. I've, I've been so frustrated over the years. At first, they had two teams. They picked two teams, and they did that for a long time, and then it was four. And it's like they're t- punishing everybody. you got to wait if you want to have eight or 12 or whatever. I mean, guys, I've said this so many times. I am a fan of the playoffs. I don't care what sport it is. Sports are about making the playoffs. That part of the year is the best part of the year. So expand it. Involve more people. Involve more teams. It makes your ha- your school. You got people in schools that'll never be in the playoffs. I mean, there's no carrot in front of the noses of their fans. I mean, have more teams in. I'd love to see 32 teams in this thing. Reduce the regular season. Have more of it be the playoffs. I love playoffs, and I think the more playoff games you have, the more chances you have for upsets. Especially when it comes to be well, campus sites. I mean, maybe it'd be a little more difficult to do an upset because the team that's playing at home in the playoffs. Wow, a little bit different than being neutral site. Mike, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you doing it with us, and we'll talk actual football next week. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mike. 
Mike Irwin from Pig Trail Nation with us each Monday on Halftime. Call or text Thanks. the show on McClark Daniel Hotlines 877-377-6963. A lot of people fired up uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I just, you can kind of watch it, and it's uh, Trey Lance value. If, if he turns out to be something, he, he's he's one of those quarterbacks, though, where you kind of got to adjust your system to, to him. Like, he's, just, he's more of a runner. He's more of kind of like a 1A, 1B type of guy. He has barely played football at all. You need reps. At all. You need reps. One year in North Dakota State, and how many games at San Francisco? Six, seven? The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. Interesting quote coming from Jim Harbaugh's Monday press conference today, speaking on, quote, the state of college football, unquote. He continues, quote, I don't understand how the NCAA TV networks, conferences and schools can continue to pull in millions off the efforts of college students across the country without sharing ever increasing revenue, unquote. Wow. Jim Harbaugh put a little sugar in his Wheaties this morning. I'm sure that the media wanted to hear a little bit about his suspension. I think it's more look over there. Let's look over there. Don't look at me anymore. Let's 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 just totally change the subject. He does make an interesting point, though, and I, I mean, I also I can, we got into this recently. If you're sharing revenue, and again, if if you're sharing revenue, you figure out whatever percentage you're sharing it at. The the bill in California that I guess is still being under consideration is a fifty fifty split of the sport. You know, football gets X amount of money, so then you split that dollar figure down the middle 50-50 between the student-athletes and the university administration and whatever. Uh, I don't know. Whatever Harbaugh's talking about here, though, does make sense when you think of the idea of the television contracts are increasing and have been increasing for a long time now. Um, yet the the amount of money that scholarships are worth remains around the same. I know I know tuition has gone up. I don't think it's gone up quite the same percentage that the television rights have gone up. So I, I can see where he's getting at here. Ever increasing revenue for a product that is college football, and yet none of the actual dollar figures that are going to the schools are going to the players. They're getting NIL money, but that's a separate pot of money. I'd like to see some type of, um, you know, insurance program set up, something set up for him that um, helps him outside of football. You know, not not money now, but money for for later. You know, something to do if you have some type of program where it's Mm -hmm. you get health insurance, uh, you can get certain things. 
things, just any type of way to help kids out like that later on in life. And I think that that's something under consideration. Some type of 401k, you know, like those four years are in there, you know, you're able to, to have a matching program or something and that more things like that should be done in, 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 with that 50-50 split or what you're going to do. But but find a way to take care of these players. Let's go to the McClarty Daniel hotline and Greg in Farmington is there. What's up, Greg? How are you? Boys, can you smell it? Can you feel it? Razorback football is just around the corner. That's right. We're invading the rock, the catamounts. They're going to come to town. Arkansas is going to slap them around like a bunch of Rudy Poos. And when it's all said and done, and there's four zeros on the clock, the Razorback Nation is going to be singing, na, 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 hey, hey, hey. goodbye. All right, Greg, thank you very much. A little growl in his voice near the end there. I know he's doing a little bit of an Eduardo imitation. The growl in the voice, you got to work on that a little bit. Greg, you got something to build off of. Woo. Woo. And he he didn't even drop in the woo. Hit that line. Yeah, exactly. We have certain standards for uh, for these calls. When you're going to growl your voice, you must woo throw in a woo just like that. Here's something interesting for this year. The Big Ten is going to make mandatory game day availability reports so that players aren't bothered about, hey, is this guy hurt? Is that guy hurt for gambling purposes? This is the only Power 5 league or the only league I know of in college football that is making mandatory availability reports. An hour before kickoff? What, what's the, when do they have to know by? You know, because what's the... Within two hours of the start of the game, the information will be released on the Big Ten website and then on Twitter. Because you you have it though every every year, Phil, and it doesn't it doesn't fail. Somebody will get hurt in warmups. You know something to happen. You'll twist an ankle. I've had a kicker get hurt before. You had to go for two the rest of the game. You have a punter. I mean, you you might have somebody do something, and so it, it still can get changed. Uh, but yeah, usually before two hours before a game day, uh, you you should have your your two deep pretty pretty much set. It's intriguing because you know, we got into this whole segment talking about Jim Harbaugh. And that's a coach who doesn't even put out a depth chart. He's 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 funny, you know. Harbaugh, funny how? Funny how? <laughs> yeah, right. Like he definitely goes marches to his own. But does he drum. amuse you? Does he is he here to amuse like you? Like a clown? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He didn't he's bring a, his shine box with him to the press. Ooh, I don't think either. you heard no more. I don't shine shoes no more. Uh, yeah, Just keep him here. We'll funny. be back. Keep him here. <laughs> you know, there's only one team I know of in the SEC that's making that mandatory, and maybe that's only because he made a deal of it. Brian Kelly is making the same thing mandatory at LSU. So, I mean, I, I don't, I've always been, I've, I, I truthfully can't understand why you're not at least honest with these reports. I, everybody's going to be secretive about things, so you have some kind of a of an edge over your opponent. But what about I, your your Tennessee guy up there when they don't give you the starting lineups? You know, that they'll have to give you the starting pitchers now, you know? Like, it's kind of a little, yeah. I, I'm with, I think, though, with two hours before the game, you, you, you know who's starting. Well, if everybody is forced to put the information forward, then it's an equal thing. The, the deal with Kelly is, he's, I guess he said, like his play, he's worried about his players and his coaches getting bothered for information. So he's just going to put the information out himself. Which, there, th- this may end up having to be a thing. Like, why does the NFL, why has the NFL had all of these reports for all these years? Gambling's a reason why. I don't know if it's the exact reason why, but it is a reason why. And now with gambling becoming so prevalent, legally prevalent, 
and what we've seen recently. I mean, think of all these players in Iowa and Iowa State that actually had the information and then used it for their own purposes to gamble on their team or their sport. I think putting some sunshine on who's available and who's not is not a bad thing at all. Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right. Proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Happy football season, Connor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's, it's good to be here. I feel like week zero isn't really the start of college football season. Like week one is where we really get things going. But, I mean, it, it's just nice to be at this point and not be exhausted anymore. So you, you're telling me you haven't made your uh, final four based upon the uh, games that were played this past Saturday? No. I mean, that's that's cheap. If, if you're going to wait to do that and then be like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to put Notre Dame into my final four. Like, come on. Yeah, no, that's... But those are those are done at the end of May. I mean, come on, the college football offseason is a long one. Got the takes cranking out much earlier than that. Speaking of Notre Dame, uh, what are your thoughts on Hartman? I, I didn't know he was a four-year starter there at Wake Forest. And, Connor, a lot of times we talk with these quarterbacks, uh, I, I'm preaching reps, man. They, they've seen a lot. Do you think uh, any way if he stays healthy, Notre Dame doesn't win at least nine this year? 
Yeah, I think they do. I mean, the combination of a Marcus Freeman defense and a Sam Hartman-led offense is really promising. The, the big question with Notre Dame is always going to be, can they get that margin for error? What, what does it really look like? You don't have a conference championship to play in. These three games will define their season. You've got Ohio State, you've got Clemson, and then obviously you've got to be able to beat USC, who was talked about a lot over the weekend. But even if you just go two and two and one in those games, and you feel like, oh, we, we should be set up pretty well, there's always that question of, well, without a conference title, are you really worthy of that? Sam Hartman's different than any quarterback they've had since Brady Quinn. And I'm kind of surprised that there are still some people doubting his ability because of the unique offense he played at Wake Forest where he holds the ball at the mesh point longer than anybody in college football. But there's also, I mean, a post-snap procedure to, to reading safeties that goes with that that should translate really, really well. And we saw it on Saturday. I mean, the guy was absolutely awesome. I think he's going to put up some some big, big numbers this year. He'll be part of the Heisman Trophy conversation. Notre Dame's going to be a threat. Connor, is there a team in the Southeastern Conference that um, somehow may have changed your feeling about them over the course of the last four weeks? You know, is there is there anything you learned that you didn't know going into camp in the SEC that has changed your outlook on a specific team? Um, maybe not on a specific team, but I was of the belief that Ty Simpson was going to win the starting job at Alabama, that he was going to have a path to become a Heisman Trophy finalist, and that Alabama was going to win the West. And I'm still of the belief that Alabama will win the West. It just might end up being with Jalen Noro as the guy leading him there. If you've seen, and I don't have to tell Arkansas fans about this after the play that he made in the second half of that game on third and 15, which was just ridiculous. But there are there are a lot more people saying that he can take hold of this job. And if Nick Saban comes out and says he's improved his presence in the pocket, then that's a game changer. And that, that changes what this Alabama offense, which has very, very low expectations post-spring after Tyler Buckton comes in from Notre Dame, that changes what we think this offense could be capable of. So I, I'd say if there's a, a big thing that I've kind of moved off of it's that it's my belief that Ty Simpson is going to be the the guy and he's going to take over the starting job. Jalen Noro probably has the best chance to do that. Connor, on Thursday, the Florida Gators travel to to Utah. Do what? What are your thoughts there? Is is Florida uh, on the come this year, or do you think they're a team that can't make a bowl game? Man, six and six feels like what this team is staring at now. Not all six and six seasons are created equally, right? Like if Florida is able to beat Tennessee at home and then beat Florida State at home to close out the regular season, maybe a playoff hopeful Florida State, that changes what we feel six and six really looks like. Now, I think that this opportunity on Thursday night for Glenn Napier is huge, but sooner or later you've got to start proving people wrong. That, that's what this comes down to. And it's great that Florida's recruiting at such a high level. They're the number three class in 2024. Billy Napier has done exactly what Dan Mullen couldn't do, which was recruit. Yet at the same time, you need to start putting it together on the field because I don't think his job is in jeopardy with a $31 million buyout. But if they have a 6-6 six and six year that doesn't really have a whole lot of those wins that you feel like he really proved people wrong, 
Then he goes into next year with the hottest seat of any coach in America with probably the most difficult schedule of any team in America. So this opportunity for him on Thursday night at Utah, a team who hasn't lost at home in front of its fans since 2018. I mean, this, this is a really, really big early season moment for Billy Napier. Which team in the SEC made themselves over more through the transfer portal? This has been my biggest question. There's so many numbers going into this season. I think Arkansas has got 15 transfers that are going to get uh, a good amount of playing time. On the two deep alone defensively today, Connor, that they released nine transfers, new transfers this year. What team at the top of your list or a couple of them that stand out remade themselves in positive ways that you think through the transfer portal? Arkansas is definitely one of them. Auburn, Auburn's the biggest one. Uh, Hugh Freeze has got like what nineteen guys out of the portal, and I mean they've got offensive linemen from the portal from the group of five ranks. They've they've got receivers that they dipped into the portal to get some of which were kind of headliner guys who don't even look like they're they're going to be in significant roles early on, but. Hugh Freeze did a tremendous job, and, and he had to. It was a one-way street with the portal when Brian Harson was there. And to be able to compete in the toughest division in college football, you have to be willing to say, like, look, we just need guys who have been in a strength program for three or four years that can go out there and give us a chance. And I think Auburn's got a much better chance to be able to kind of keep its head above water in the West. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to compete for anything meaningful other than positive momentum and feeling like they're not going to get swallowed whole in the new SEC next year, but I think they're going to be in a really good place from what they did in the portal to be able to help that roster pretty much overnight. Any surprise that Thorne is the starting quarterback coming in from Michigan State? I mean, a good year two years ago, they won 10 games. Wasn't very good last year. Then goes through spring ball with Michigan State and then Freeze announces him as the starter now, saying he's leadership and he knows the offense better. He's been with the team for three months. It's not a surprise, and here's why. And I'll actually go back to Arkansas as the example that I use for this. Dufries wanted a proof of concept for his offense. Robbie Ashford was not going to give them the proof of concept that they needed. You could easily default to his strengths like they did down the stretch last year when Cadillac Williams was the head coach and say, we're basically going to be a service academy. We're going to run the football that much. But that's not the offense that Hugh Freeze wants to run with Philip Montgomery there as his play caller. They want to be able to have more balance. They want to be able to stretch the field and just keep teams off balance. And Peyton Thorne gives them a better chance to do that than Robbie Ashford did. Now, obviously, there are questions about him. And he had, I think, three different instances last year in which he was benched in a game and it didn't really look very good post Kenneth Walker the third but at the same time you know I go back to what Arkansas did early on where Felipe Franks was the, the quarterback to start off in the Stan Pittman era when a lot of people thought hey you know, KJ should be the guy you should put your faith in him let him get those reps not you're on the hot seat or anything but you needed that proof of concept for the guy who could run the system that Kendall Bryles wanted to run and Felipe showed that he could do that and so it allowed KJ to develop and that's I think kind of the hope that Auburn's going to have for Robbie looking around uh the country and and looking at some first year coaches uh colorado was so bad last year you think they will be improved what's reasonable expectations uh for Deion sanders colorado buffaloes and they they open at tcu yeah maybe maybe a bowl game is is realistic but think about this and this is the point that i've brought up a couple times throughout the offseason i'm not sure if people realize this Colorado has been to one bowl game in the last 15 years. That, that's it. I mean, they were a train wreck last year. They went 1-11. The only game that they won was against Cal. 
and everybody's been talking about all that Deion Sanders has done in the transfer portal because it, it's historic to do what he did. I think they have, what, like 57 guys that, that they got from the portal. I mean, it's crazy the amount of roster turnover. It's truly unprecedented. But at the same time, that's what's so really good. That's what was a bunch of games in there where you're like, well, they're going to be probably two touchdown underdog there. Oh, and by the way, you've got the defending runner-up. TCU team in the season opener. Good luck with that one. So I think you know for for those who are saying like if Deion goes five and seven, six and six, this is a failure. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think they have a really difficult schedule, and it's a major, major historic uphill climb that they have to make. Is there a chance the top of the Big Ten is better than the top of the SEC this year? I see a lot of picks for the playoff that include Ohio State and Penn State or Michigan and Penn State or Michigan and Ohio State and not a lot that are picking Georgia and Alabama or Georgia and LSU. Um, Is there any difference between what we've seen recently of of SEC dominance, not just because of the top but really the middle and the bottom in the league too? Is the Big Ten potentially better at the top this year? No. No. Um, no. I, look, I, and I say that as a Big Ten grad, I, I've covered uh, several different Big Ten teams. I've watched this conference very, very closely. But until we actually see it at the top, no. I, I just I can't get on board with that. For all this talk about Michigan winning a national championship, this is the, the, the biggest thing that gives me skepticism. The last six seasons, they have played seven Power Five teams outside of the Big Ten who went to a bowl game. They went one in six in those games. Can we see Michigan actually do it against a team that matters before we crown them? Because it's all well and good that they beat up on Purdue. It's great that they finally have a winning streak against Ohio State. But what are we doing here? Show me anybody that Penn State beat of any sort of relevance. Show me the last time that James Franklin went on the road and beat a team he wasn't supposed to beat. Like, to me, that's the biggest thing. And I've seen Ohio State side by side. When was the last time Ohio State beat an SEC team? Think about that. I mean, I, I can't get there with, with this notion that, that the Big Ten is at that level at the top. And for a conference that has two national championships in the 21st century. I mean, I just don't even think that's a, a fair thing to say at this point, despite the fact that obviously they're, they look like they have more of that preseason playoff buzz because of the notion that they could have Ohio State and Michigan both getting in there again this year. Uh, maybe the best quarterback matchup uh, in opening week is Drake May and Spencer Rattler, uh, UNC at South Carolina. Uh, should South Carolina be worried uh, about this UNC team? They should be. I mean, yeah, South Carolina's two and a half point underdogs. And it's a, a game that, look, if, if you've seen what Drake May can do, yeah, you should be worried every single time. I know he faded down the stretch last year, but man, he is so fun when he gets rolling. I know they got a new offensive coordinator in there. Phil Long goes off to Wisconsin, which is going to be an entirely different set of circumstances in and of itself. But seeing what Drake May can do potentially without his top receiver in the season opener, still waiting to hear back on his appeal for eligibility. Um, but, but that matchup is going to be so fun because Spencer Rather still has so many of these questions. Is he the guy that finished the season kind of looking like that that former preseason number one overall pick? Or is he going to revert back to, to who he was really in the first two and a half months of the regular season? It's going to be really fun to see over under for that one 64 and a half we should get some fireworks best preseason opening matchup for quarterbacks though is probably going to be the one that's in my neck of the woods Jaden Daniels Jordan Travis two preseason top three top four type quarterbacks 
in college football. But yeah, there, there are a couple of really, really nice quarterback matchups week one. Well, that's where I was going to finish with you on, on LSU Florida State. Uh, I mean, the feeling is either one of these two, to the winner of this team, like, sees a path to the playoff, but I think LSU still has a path Florida no matter State's, what because they play in the SEC West. And Florida State's schedule is easier than Notre Dame's schedule. You know, you talk about winning this game. Who else do they have to play later on in the year? Yeah. Uh, Connor, where do you see LSU as potentially deficient heading into the first game, which is the, the biggest game of the season for at least week one? It's in the secondary. It's it's totally in the secondary. And Jordan Travis is the guy that could absolutely expose that. I mean, they have major, major questions in their defensive backfield, which last year I thought they did a good job putting it together with some pieces in the portal, some pieces that Arkansas fans are familiar with as well. But this year, man, like I, I just don't know what it's going to look like if they can't get home. If they, and especially without Mason Smith, who's suspended for the season opener for that just bogus NCAA violation. Uh, if they can't get home, man, Jordan Travis is the guy that can extend plays and with those receivers that they have to work with John, I mean, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman comes in from Michigan State Shaheen Bell from South Carolina like he has some dudes that could just go up and get 50-50 battles and, and I think that that's going to be a really really difficult matchup for that secondary in the opener that's where their weakness is I think if you can get if you can get a guy who can extend plays and get you on the back end like they could be in some some real trouble in some of these spots and else you could have some of these games where they play down to their competition more than people might think given their lofty preseason ranking you're listening to the east side liquor halftime podcast check out the bud light morning rush podcast at hitthatline.com. this podcast has been presented by bet online this podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.